On this episode of This Is Game Boy, we stop the monkey business and get right into the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of This Is Game Boy, episode 42. A lot of episodes. Long time doing it. Uh, I'm e Candy, and with me is Bulla. Hello. Hello. Uh, and before we dive into our graphically enhanced game today, as always, Mo, what have you been up to? I haven't been up to much, because, like, I mentioned in the light that... Is probably going to come out a little bit later than we are recording this. Like, all these recordings have been, like, pretty close to each other. So, uh, the only thing I've done is I've completed Aria of Sorrow, which means getting all the souls, beating it with, well, Soma, of course, the main character, and beating it with Julius, which is probably the easiest thing ever. Like, that took me, like, ten minutes or something. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's basically all i've really played um one of my friends also installed the co chip on my playstation um for those of you who don't know what that is the co is one of two things that are available to basically load games from an sd card uh on a playstation i forgot the name of the other one uh but depending on which model of playstation you have like one could work and the other one doesn't i think it's x station the other one uh x station yeah. is, is even harder to install but uh yeah i i couldn't do this my i wanted to do this myself but it was a little bit too tiny work <laughs> to to be comfortable like I, I only have experience with like replacing batteries in cartridges which which isn't that much of a an issue uh but yeah, this soldering, soldering, that's how you say it in English, work, uh, it seemed a little bit too much for me. Um, but maybe it wasn't, because like he installed it in like 15 minutes or something, so it's probably not that bad. Uh, but yeah, I just checked out some games. Um, I played a little bit of Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX, which is nice. a lot more awful than I remembered it to be. Like... <laughs> I don't know, like, it, it, the mechanics in that game don't, don't work as well as they did in, like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1. Like, that sure. one is, is not that great either, of course. Like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is where, where the magic happened, basically. But, yeah, I thought it... I remembered it better than it is. It, it's really not that good of a game. Um, but, yeah, the main reason I got this... Uh, this flashcard device basically uh, was because some of the games I do want to play are way too expensive uh, to buy nowadays. Um, so so that's what what made this a good solution. Plus, with the degradation of CDs and things like that, um, I rather like just use an SD card <laughs> than to ruin all my discs. I guess. Um, because I do have some expensive games myself and it would be bad if I would destroy them. Uh, but I played a game called Threats of Fate, which is an action RPG made by uh, Squaresoft, I guess, back then. Uh, it's really cool, really fun, uh, cool game. But again, this is a super expensive game. It also only came out in 
uh, Japan and America, so it would be harder for me to get for starters. But I think it's like a 100 euro game for me. That's way too much. And uh, I also played Toombi or Toomba, depending on which region uh, you're Toomba. from. Um, and again, that's also a super expensive game nowadays because probably nobody bought it back then. I think that's the reason, actually. But I always liked that game. But I remember as a kid that I got until the end and then you have to like... Uh, I don't remember how many. Let's say seven friends you have met throughout the game to open the gate to the final boss. And I couldn't figure out the seventh one. Uh, it like I, I played it for weeks and I just couldn't find it and I didn't have any internet or anything back then so I I was never able to finish the game uh, and this was only the final boss I was left so I'm replaying that game I, I really like that one uh, it's an acquired taste of a game for sure but uh, I, th I think it's a really cool game but that's literally all I've been doing so I haven't haven't played that much actually yeah, I, uh, I've recently started dumping my PlayStation library uh, because of the fear of of degradation of CDs. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it takes a long time for it to happen, yep. but the fact that, like, a lot of my PlayStation games were from, like, either, like, me growing up, which I'm just not a gentle human being, so they're, they're fairly scratched up, to buying them from, like, a second-hand store, like Goodwill and stuff like that, so, like... You just never know what you're gonna get in that that circumstance at all, and you know, obviously the retro store stuff like that. So I I've recently started dumping, um, all of my all of my um, I guess ISOs or dot bin files, whatever you want to call them, uh, for my PlayStation library, and uh, having to go through like 300 PS2 games has been exhausting, <laughs> and I haven't even touched PS1 yet, so. It's a, it's a whole thing, but yeah, I um I've recently just ordered a mode, um, mm -hmm. thing for my Sega Saturn, because uh, there's a lot of Sega Saturn games I want to play, and the Sega Saturn library is untouchable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just you cannot touch the Sega Saturn library at all because it's so expensive. Um, and there's a lot of Sega Saturn games I want to play, so I got the uh, I got that that mode uh, chip thing whatever you want to call it yep. for the Saturn where I can just like plug a ribbon into it and toss an SD card in and go to town so uh, I'm actually pretty excited to get that in and get that loaded up and rolling so but yeah I know you've been talking about getting the uh the CEO chip in your in your PlayStation for a while yeah it, it was just on back order so like I ordered it like almost a year ago but yeah Plus that it had to yeah. come from Australia, so that was another four weeks just waiting for <laughs> shipping. Luckily, I didn't get any customs problems or or extra oh, taxes because yeah, it was already expensive enough expensive enough with the with the shipping. Uh, but yeah, the, the other thing I do want is like a cable for my PlayStation to make it look a little bit better. <sighs> Mostly, I wanted to look better on my LCD screen, um, but with the taxes and things like that that happened and, and uh, the brexit that cable alone would cost me 120 euros <laughs> it's a cable come on guys like it's it's double the price just because of taxes um and the other cable nuts. would be 
it's like a scart out which is fine for my crt tv and i must say these games look a lot better on a crt screen than an lcd screen like yeah it's unbelievable but uh yeah the the problem is like it's so hard for me to get a good CRT and I don't want to overuse it <laughs> to like break it down. Uh, but yeah, the problem is, of course, with these newer TVs, they don't have a SCART uh, input anymore or a port anymore. So yeah, I, I don't know what, I, what I'm going to do eventually. But for now, it's fine. It, it actually looks pretty decent on my uh, Tri-Nitron. So I, I might just keep it as it is, I guess. There's, there's probably like a SCART adapter to whatever your LCD is, like SCART to HDMI or Yeah, something. but like in that case, I would just rather get the quote-unquote HDMI conversion cable, but it's just a price that is yeah, holding me back for that one. Plus, you also not only need that, but you also need like a, a USB, um, what do you call it, power source for it. And another HDMI cable just to connect it to your TV. And oh, I know Jesus. I have those, but like it, it feels so cumbersome. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll get the SCART one just for reasons, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Like I bought two HD retrovision cables, like the the the, the high def like the high def component cables for the Super Nintendo and the genesis 2 and like those were pretty expensive cables but the amount that i play my super nintendo like i definitely got my money's worth out of that cable so far Mm -hmm. the genesis 2 one i have because i needed it for the virtual boy console that i have and i also bought the sega saturn adapter for it so i can plug the genesis cable into my sega saturn so i can have HD, basically HD graphics from the Sega Saturn as well too, mm-hmm. and if I ever want to play the Genesis for some unknown goddamn reason, um, then I have a cable for the Genesis <laughs> as well. So, yeah. but uh, it, it's weird because like, you know, the Super Nintendo, the GameCube, and the N sixty four all share the same output, right? They all had the same AV cable. But like the Super Nintendo, I can just use the HD Retrovision cables for because of the because of the component uh, compatibleness to mm. it. But I, I can't do it for the N64 or the GameCube. Like, I still have to use my S-Video yep. for those two consoles. Maybe. And I'm just like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a mess when it comes to cables. It really is. Yeah. Luckily, I'm from a PAL region, so all our cables were already, like, SCART is basically RGB. Yeah. Uh, so we, we got that going, but now the problem is, like, we don't have any way to connect it to our new TVs anymore. Oh, yeah. It's it's a mess if you want to play retro games. Yeah, get, like, that OSSC thing or whatever it is. Or you can get that, which is also crazy expensive to get. I, I mean, like... Are they now? They, I mean, for me, yeah, because again, the price All doubles right, just yeah. to get them over here, so it's <laughs> forgot like, about I, that. I don't have the money for it. Sorry, <laughs> like, I was like, like, I'm thinking, like, I was like, the last time I got OSSCs are like a hundred bucks, yeah, but yeah and, and here if... it would be almost like 250 euros just yeah. to get it here, so it's it's just for me not worth it because I wouldn't use it, yeah, that that's, much anyways. that's fair, yeah, yeah, it, it was weird over here, like. America has so many different, like, 
options available. Like we had the we had you had like the old school like forks that you could screw into the back of your TV mm-hmm. for like the everything from like the sixties to like the eighties basically. And then in the start of the eighties you had those RF boxes that you screw into a coax cable mm-hmm. in the back of your TV. And like every system had that. That was probably the most common used thing for consoles and VCRs when I grew up was those RF boxes. Yes, same here. And uh and then you had the composites, so you had the RCAs, the red, white, uh, the, the red, white, yellow yep. uh, cables. And then when PlayStation came around, you had component, composite, and RF adapter boxes. And then when N64 was around, you had composite, component, and RF boxes. It's like, all right, like can we get rid of the RF boxes already? But as soon as we got rid of the RF boxes, we couldn't play our consoles anymore because the old TVs that we played on didn't have RCA ports to play them. Yeah. So it was a disaster there from, from like the start of the N64 to like GameCube Xbox era was when like people had like upgrade their TVs to play video games too. <laughs> yeah. TVs back in those days and, and still for a long time here uh, were required by law to have a SCART input or a port. Whatever oh wow! Call it, so. My my TV behind me, my quote unquote smart TV that's not even hooked up to the internet because I hardly ever use it, has um has component inputs in it. And I tried to plug the NES into it, and it was awful. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to stick with the frame waste. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Good times, dude. Retro game at its finest right there. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I guess for me, I also played Aria of Sorrow as well, too. I didn't 100% complete it. I got one of the bad endings because I just wanted to play the game. Yeah. Um, fun game, though. It was it, It's my second GB Castlevania game that I played. I The first one I ever played was, I believe, Circle of the Moon. I think that was the one that I played a long time ago. And uh, I've always wanted to play Distance of Harmony and Aria Sorrow, but I could never play them because the games are excruciatingly expensive. If you can find a real one, because yeah. there's so many bootlegs out there and so many just hacked copies out there. Like it's hard to find like a legit copy of the game itself. So uh, it was a godsend when they released the, the Castlevania GBA collection on switch and playstation mm. and whatnot so um scoop that up played through aria sorrow absolutely loved aria sorrow i thought it was a phenomenal game uh i definitely had some frustrating parts with it but i thought overall that game was absolutely fantastic one of the, one of the better cv games that i played um i'm also trudging through metroid dread right now i'm i don't know how many hours in i am maybe like eight hours into the game um, should be close. Not gonna to spoil. I f- I feel like I'm close. I'm not gonna spoil anything, obviously, but I feel like I'm getting fairly close to the end of the game. Yeah. Probably no. Probably another stream or so, and I'll have it done. Um, then obviously we played Yamawari Night Alone, which uh, people will see that soon enough. Yeah. Uh, um. I played Micro Doctor and Where Is My Body, which are two homebrews from Green Boy Games. 
Uh, Micro Doctor is actually pretty cool. You go inside this body and you have to kill germs and bacteria. You're basically killing the coronavirus in a Game Boy game. It's actually <laughs> pretty interesting. Um, and then Where's My Body is actually pretty cool. And I'm actually going to be showcasing this game at RGL's Horror Marathon, uh, which will be done before this episode comes out. Um, but you're basically just like your 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 thing, you know, the hand from Adam's family, and you have to go and find your body to get reattached because your hand got accidentally amputated. <laughs> um, it's a cool game. And then I played, then I played Genesis, which was one of the homebrew games that a lot of us are looking forward to mm-hmm. because it was like the quote unquote sequel to Solar Striker, essentially. Yeah, and. Boy, was I disappointed. <laughs> I I had some high hopes for this game, and boy, let me tell you, was I disappointed. <laughs> Your ship moves as slow as molasses in January. Uh, the power-up system is absolutely random. Like, you don't know if you're going to... Like, I went one full stage not getting the power-up at all. Hmm. Because they just didn't want to drop. Like, you know how a Solar Striker, there's this little, like, like circle that comes down, and you shoot it, and it turns into a power-up? Yeah. There's none of that in Genesis at all. Genesis is completely random based off of how many enemies you kill. So, have fun with that one. Uh, 90% of the power-ups you have in the game are just completely useless and worthless. Um, you don't ever get into a bullet hell, which is nice. But the boss patterns, like the way bosses shoot, can be super sporadic. You have no idea when it's ever going to happen. So there's a chance you're just going to get shot. Um, Your shield is pretty useless. I'd rather just have lives. And there are no continues in the game at all. So once you die, you're done. Like There's no extra lives. There's no extra continues. Uh, The game is four stages long. The first three stages are like ten seconds long, and then like the fourth stage is like a minute long. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, the sprite work looks phenomenal. The sprite work alone is really well done, but the background sprite or like the background work is awful. It's basically non-existent. Um, yeah, I had my I had some high hopes for this game coming out in twenty twenty one, being a successor to Solar Striker. In my opinion, one of the better shoot 'em ups on the Game Boy. I was like, hey, like this is gonna be awesome. And I played, I was like, hey, this game is absolute shit. <laughs> so I was pretty disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for my copy, so. Well, don't be excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, you might like it. I don't know. I like I'm already like not a big fan of shoot 'em ups to begin mm-hmm. with. But like I liked Solar Striker, and I was like, you know what? I'd probably like Genesis as well too. And yeah, no, it was not my <laughs> cup of tea at all. So yeah, yeah, we will see when I when I get it. I have no idea where it is. I got a tracker from Canadian Post, but it, I mean, it doesn't show up. So I I don't know. Mine was so weird. Like when it told me, it was like, hey, your game has shipped. Here's the tracking code. And I clicked on it. It's like there is no tracking number mm-hmm. yet for it. And I'm like, okay. Literally the next day, it was in my mailbox. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool tracking. <laughs> like, I was like, all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all I've been up to, aside from 
WoW and New World and stuff like that. People that games that people don't don't care about. <laughs> oh, I guess we did the Tiny Ten reveal yesterday. Yeah, you and I both did that. So that was fun. That was fun to do, yeah. Yeah, and I mentioned it in the light because that is coming out now, which is after the Tiny Ten reveal. Uh, I told everybody about the list during that episode. So. Perfect. Yeah. We're not going to go over it then. Yeah. I just like the Arnold Schwarzenegger block. <laughs> Pretty big fan of that. <laughs> All right, so this game... This game might be a little bit of a surprise to some people because this isn't an obscure Game Boy game. Uh, it's a fairly well-known Game Boy game. Um, so yeah, stay tuned, and we are going to be talking about Donkey Kong Land, the one of the first yellow cars to come out in Western Game Boy. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, so yeah, like I mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to be talking about Donkey Kong Land. Um, Donkey Kong Land 1, obviously, not 2 or 3. And um, yeah, so some fun facts about this game. This game is actually not a uh, direct port of the Super Nintendo version, but an actual sequel that takes place after... Uh, Donkey Kong Country 1 and right before Donkey Kong Country 2 um, and it utilizes the same mechanics and some of the same enemies but all the stages are unique variants of existing DKC1 uh, stages and some of them have just brand new environments associated with them like when we go into the city in the hot air balloon uh, towards the end of the game uh, which we'll talk about in a bit um, all bosses in the game, except for K. Rule, um, are also uniquely made for the game as well. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of people who haven't played this will probably think, "Oh, it's just a port," uh, but it's not. Like the same with Donkey uh, Donkey Kong Land Two and Three. They're not ports. They're they're a unique game with with just similar settings, yep. basically. Uh, but yeah, this uh, game basically. Wait, no, that's the seventh month is July, right? Yeah. Uh, so yes. in, in the US and in the in Europe, this game came out in 1995. Uh, yeah, that makes sense, of course, because uh, it's made by Rare, and Rare is a UK-based company. So, of course, uh, maybe it even came out a little bit earlier in the in Europe, but we never know. Um, but it also got a Japanese release under the name Super Donkey Kong GB. Um, and that was in uh, in July, so a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, like I said, the game was developed by Rare Ltd, um, as it's now called. Uh, but when they were working for Nintendo, they were branded as Rare Rare for some reason. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah. Because uh, <laughs> of all the shovelware that was out. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this game was uh, published by Nintendo because, of course, Donkey Kong is a Nintendo IP. Um, composer. There are two, actually, for this game, starting with David Wise, of course, who made the soundtrack for Donkey Kong Country, and a lot of the uh, songs from that game were reimagined for the Game Boy system. Um, but also, this was the first project at Rare for Graham Norgate, um, and he made, I, I believe he made all the tracks that are new for this game. Um, for people who don't know Graham Norgate... Um, he was well known during that time um, because was yeah yeah I mean he, he doesn't do that much big games anymore but uh, he he's done a lot of games that were made by Rare of course uh, Killer Instinct yeah. Donkey Kong Land Blast Corps Goldeneye Diddy Kong Racing Jet Force Gemini Perfect Dark uh, two of the no three of the Time Splitter games were they made by Rare yeah. actually. No, that's free radical design. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so yeah, per- yeah perfect free arc. radical and Eidos. Yeah, perfect arc was his last uh, actual game for rare. Uh, but yeah, after Time Splitters, basically Crisis, all three of them. Uh, the Killer Instinct remake, I see here. Yeah. Rare replay, of course, because yeah, I mean, <laughs> I right. guess he just gets credit credited there because it's it's like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's credited for I Want to Be the Boshi because they use music from Killer Instinct <laughs> yeah. in the game. Yeah. So, I mean... Uh, but yeah, in the last decade, he hasn't done any big titles, basically. Except if you take Crisis 3 as, as like, a big title. Uh, Crisis 3 and Rise, Son of Rome. Like, Rise, Son of Rome had a decent amount yeah, of hype for the PS3 yeah. at the time, but... But yeah, besides but yeah, that... Yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty low-key at the... At, at, at this point yeah. in his career yeah but great soundtracks uh at least during the 19s yeah. and uh early 2000s um and yeah the genre of this game is of course a platformer <laughs> if you don't know how the donkey kong country slash land games are uh at this point uh they are platforming games I mean, if you want to call the game boy version that sure <laughs> 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 oh boy so yeah platformer um the plot so the plot the plot of this game is something else um <laughs> it's it's not really a plot it's more of a it's more of a hey good job buying the super nintendo game back in my day we only had eight different colors we could choose from <laughs> But uh, let's see here. We'll read through it. <clears throat> oh, you know it'd be cool if we had like the little do do do, do 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 music going on in the background during this. That'd be good. All right, get on it, legs. I don't know where to find it, but get on it. <laughs> I don't even know what you mean, but yeah, sure. What you don't at the start of the Donkey Kong Country games? The da da da. Oh yeah. Da 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 da, and then Cranky's rocking in his chair. Gotcha, gotcha. Da da da. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I, it's been a while, but I mean. <clears throat> Cranky Kong, aging video game pioneer and primate patriarch, swayed back and forth in his rocking chair as he harassed his grand ape Donkey Kong and his little buddy Diddy Kong. 
Well, I've got to admit, your last adventure was a bit more successful than I ever thought it would be, he, j he jibbed. Of course, put a few fancy graphics and some modern music in the game and kids will buy anything nowadays. Donkey and Diddy tried to discreetly cover their ears as they, st as they stared out into the jungle surrounding Cranky's cabin. The old ape continued his taunting. Back in my day, understand, we had an extremely limited color palette to work with and we still made great games. No way you could duplicate that feat today, donkey my boy, no siree. Cranky had been going on and on like this, like this for what seemed like hours and Donkey Kong had finally had enough. People like Donkey Kong Country for more than just the fancy graphics, you old coot, he snapped. The number of colors that re that the number of colors, the resolution, it doesn't make a difference. It was just plain fun. Yeah, and we worked hard fighting K. Rule and his in his goons, Diddy chimed in. But he and Donkey still had the bumps and bruises to prove it. Cranky nodded his head knowingly. The two youngsters had predicta predictably risen to the bait and swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. So you're saying that an adventure like your last one would be a success even on an 8-bit system like Game Boy, for example, Cranky said slyly. That's right, DK exclaimed. Without hesitation, Diddy joined him in accepting the challenge. <clears throat> We'll even let the Kremlin steal the banana horde again, and this time we'll get it back on Game Boy, Diddy boasted. Hey, a golden opportunity to get out of the DK's ridiculous guard duty training, he thought to himself. I'll believe it when I see it, Cranky scowled. I'll call old K. Rule and arrange everything. You'll, make, uh, you'll wake up tomorrow without your bananas. Donkey and Diddy looked at each other, realizing they had been set up. This time, the Kremlins will hide your bananas in new places all around the island, Cranky continued gleefully. I'll tell the king to spare no expense and bring out some new tricks for foes for you to no, no more crush, cushy? Oh, this is really hard to read again, blurry. No more cushy adventuring for you two, no siree. Donkey could barely contain his anger. He was hoping he could loaf around the treehouse tomorrow. After all, the banana bowl was on. And he wasn't about to let the old ape get the best of him. Bring it on, old ape. Bring it on. Was all he said. And he started. Was all he said as he st stalked off to the treehouse. He was going to get some sleep for the adventure ahead. Whew. Whew. All right. Yeah, you made it there's, through it. There's the plot. <laughs> <laughs> So to summarize, Cranky is just being a like <laughs> like usual. <laughs> that's 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 the only thing. And this is the the most Donkey Kong himself has ever spoken in his life, because <laughs> he usually doesn't it's true. say anything. <laughs> it's true. Oh boy! I was looking at the Donkey Kong the Donkey Kong uh, um, family tree. Man, it is the most confusing family tree I've ever looked at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not even canon because, like, Nintendo no. doesn't want to say it anyways. Uh, but yeah, due to popular fan theory, Cranky Kong is the original Donkey Kong. And then this one is Donkey Kong Jr. or something. Like, whatever. No, Cranky was the original. Donkey Kong Jr. is Donkey's dad. Right, okay. And Candy Kong, I think, is supposed to be Donkey's 
daughter or wife. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure it out. Nobody cares. <laughs> and like Diddy and Dixie came in somehow, and somehow the kid, uh, uh, what's the kid's name? The, uh, the baby one? Uh, I always forget his name. Uh, B- baby B- Kong. Kong. I don't remember, yeah. And like funky and wrinkly, and like, there's just so many of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what you get when you give the rights to your IP to uh, to Rare. <laughs> like they, they will, they will just go bananas with it. Pun intended. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let's uh, let's actually get into uh, the gameplay of this game. Uh, the controls are fairly simple. Um, the D-pad, of course, moves you around. The A button will uh, make your uh, ape jump. Uh, and the B button is used for rolling, uh, which in this game you don't really uh, it sucks. use that. Yeah, you don't, don't really use it that much. Um, it's also used for swimming faster, I, or is it A that swims fast? Now I'm actually confused. doesn't matter. But it also lets you grab barrels and uh, like iron barrels and things like that in the game. Um, of course, just like Donkey Kong Country, if you've ever played that one before, um, like you can change your Kong depending if you have DD slash DK um, out of their barrels, basically. Um, so you can select between them, but uh, just, well, I mean, in Donkey Kong Country, it's a little bit more useful to switch Kongs, but in this one it, it doesn't really that matter, except uh, for that Donkey Kong uh, hits harder, which means he can jump on the buff Kremlins, basically. But you almost never see them anyways, and they're easily avoidable. So, oh. so it, it, it really doesn't matter in this case. Um, yeah, there's, there's no, like, double teaming in the Game Boy version at all, yeah. because you don't get to see both Kongs. The one Kong is like this little coin in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen. So when you get hit, oh god! When you get hit, you have to wait like twenty seconds for your Kong to be playable because it has to spin onto the screen. It's mm-hmm. it's a thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> unlike the Super Nintendo version, they couldn't have two characters on the screen at all times. So uh, that's how they solved that. Um, yeah, uh, going into the items that you can collect during this game. Of course, there's your nanners. Uh, you have the yep. the normal single nanners and the uh, bunch of nanners. I think bunches are 10 uh, or 5 in this game. I don't know. And, and the normal ones is I just a single banana. Um, you have, of course, the Kong letters that you can collect throughout the stages. Um, so 1K, 1O, 1N, and 1G. Um I think in Donkey Kong Country, you get those to get an extra life at the end of the stage if you collect all of them. But in this one, it's a little different where they want you to collect all four of these in a stage to be able to actually save the game. Um, This is... It sounds like an awful mechanic, and it kind of is. Definitely if you've played Donkey Kong Country. Um, But the letters in this game... For most of the stages, they're actually way easier to find because they're literally in front of you. Like I said, not in all cases, but in most cases. Um, so it kind of balances that out a little bit uh, with not having like an, an actual place where you can save. But it was still a weird idea to do that. I, I'm not really sure why they uh, did it that way. Um, 
You also have the DK barrels, which of course give you an extra Kong or an extra hit. Um, there's bonus barrels, just like uh, in the other games that take you to a bonus stage. Um, these bonus stages could have one of the ladders of the Kong ladders, but not always. Um, and there's also bonus stages where you just use one of the other items that's coming up next to get some extra lives. Um, one-ups are represented as balloons, just like in Donkey Kong Country, uh, but you do not see them a lot in this game. I think I've seen them four times and that's it. Uh, <laughs> unless I just miss them because they float off the screen, of course, but uh, yeah, I, I haven't really come across many of those in this game. But again, those are just the one-ups, and in this case, because there's no color, you only have the normal balloon, which is, gives you a just one-up. Uh, in the other games, there are different colors that give you more of them. Um, there's also some Kong tokens. I think it was banana tokens in Donkey Kong Country games. Uh, here there are Kong tokens, and like I said, this is basically a currency that you can use in some of the bonus stages to easily get uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of extra lives. Um, the game also features some animal friends. Only two, actually. Yeah, two. Um, you got, uh, now I forgot the name, Espresso, the uh, the ostrich, and what's the rhino again? Now I forgot. Rambi. Rumble. Rambi the, Rambi. yeah, Rambi the, the rhino. You start with an R. Yeah. Um, you don't see them very often. They're not as useful as they are in the other games. Well, in the Super Nintendo games, but they are there. Um, and finally, you also have the checkpoints. Um these are not barrels in this case, they are some weird circle, um, but Donkey Kong Land has more than one checkpoint uh, in most stages, unlike the country games where there's just a midway point, um, and giving you those extra checkpoints does come in handy for, uh, for some of the stages. Yeah, I have a hunch as to why they did the Kong letters for saving. Because Donkey Kong Land came out in June of 95. Donkey Kong Country 2 came out November of 95. And if you remember Donkey Kong Country 2 for the Super Nintendo, in order to save in Wrinkly's Cave, you had to have collected, I believe, the DK coin from a stage. Um, if you didn't have a DK coin, you couldn't save the game. Nah, you need, I believe you need it to... Or is that the first one? Well, the first one you can just go into... The first one you go into Candy Save Point, and you can just save. Right, in between You didn't need stages, any currency. Yeah. You didn't need a currency to save DKC1, yeah, but I'm, DKC2, you needed a currency to save in Wrinkly's Cavern. I think it's two banana coins that you need in, uh, in okay, Donkey Kong yeah. Country 2. But they are, like, quite well hidden. Uh in that game. Yeah, so it, it's oh, I know. To, to save, <laughs> yeah, but I, I have a hunch that like, that's where that concept came mm -hmm. from, mm -hmm. since they came out very close with one another. Uh, and obviously, they thank, thankfully reverted that in DKC3, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I have a hunch as to why the Kong letters and the save kind of go hand in hand. But yeah, the the midway point in the in the ending because it's not just a flag at the end anymore either. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's like this like interstellar like interdimensional window that you jump into and it flips and gives you a thumbs up for the halfway point. Yeah. 
And at the end of it, like, you jump through this, like, interdimensional portal and it sucks you in and that's how you complete the stage. Like, there's no, like, jumping onto a, a platform to, like, break the balloon or, like, raising a flag or anything of that sort at all at the end of, of a stage, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Um, that's actually kind of interesting, so. Yeah. Um, in any case, just like in Donkey Kong Country, if you count country... <laughs> It's actually hard. It's actually hard to not completely mispronounce that thing. Uh, like in DKC, um, you have to get the bonus barrels. Basically, you have to find the bonus barrels um, to complete a stage. Um, the only way to see if you complete a stage is that an exclamation mark will appear above the stage in the overworld. Basically, um, these bonus barrels are very very easily seeable throughout the game like i know in 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 uh in the super nintendo game it's like a lot harder to find some of them but here they're usually pretty easy to find so it's harder uh it's easier to complete this game 100 but there's also no reason to do so because it literally gives you nothing extra um so it's more there to be there than it is to have an actual purpose in this game yeah like there are times like when you have to like break the pieces of the ground like there's this like magical rope that just goes straight up you just hop onto it and ride it to like a bonus screen um like yeah there's just a lot of things like it's really easy to get to like the quote-unquote bonus areas of of the game it, they are nice because they do give you one-ups, which mm-hmm. you will need in the game. Uh, however, you need to be, like, snap fast to get the one-up balloon because as soon as the screen is loaded, it's already, like, halfway off the yeah. screen. So, um, let's see where we are. Here we go. So, worlds. So, each world has seven stages and a boss fight uh, with the exception of the first world, which has nine stages in a boss fight, um, and but you don't have to do all the stages um, because the the world has a split path to it, so you can just like choose your route type deal. Um, stage names are not shown in the game, but you can check them out in the manual. Uh, the first uh, world we have is Gangplank Galleon Ahoy. Oh, wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> um, uh, so we have gangplank stages, we have snowy stages, and we have jungle stages. If you don't know what gangplank stages are, it's the, it's the, it's the boat, it's the ship. Yeah. Uh, pirates. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's new, basically, to the series, because um, you don't go on, on a boat in uh, the first game on Super Nintendo. It actually no. uh, came from the second game, but it, it started in this one. Uh, so yep. yeah, that's that's one of the unique stages. The snowy stages and the general stages were present in uh, in the Super Nintendo game. So those you yeah. can imagine what they are. Uh, but again, like we said at the start, uh, these are unique stages on their own. Like the layouts are not like the uh, the Super Nintendo stages at all. But the setting, the theme of the theme theme, I have to say theme of the <laughs> stages is. Uh, was set in in the Super Nintendo game already. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely tell there was some inspiration taken from the Super Nintendo for sure. Like, when you start off in the first stage of the game in the jungle, you're like, hey, this looks very eerily familiar mm-hmm. to 
the the first stage of the Super Nintendo of of the Super Nintendo game, but it does get different as you progress to the stage. So they 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 definitely took some influence from it, which if they didn't, they'd be dumb. Um, but uh, every stage is unique to its uh, to its counterpart, so it's actually pretty pretty fun to play through at least in that aspect of it. Mm. Um, the boss for World One is a wild sting fling. A wild sting fling. <laughs> yeah, that's the name of the stage, at least. Uh, I guess the, the boss is just called Wild Sting. I can imagine. I'm looking... Is Wild Sting the bee? No, no. Uh, again, like this game has unique bosses, so the ones from, uh, from the Super Nintendo game don't show up here. Uh, this boss... Uh, takes place on the ship, uh, on the on the gangplank, um, and it's just like these stingrays flying at you, uh, fr going from the left to the right, always faster every time. Uh, so it's it, it's not really one enemy; it's just multiple enemies that come at you. Uh, I guess that. Oh right, yeah, I'm watching now. Yeah, yeah. yeah so okay. yeah, I guess that. It, the Game Boy didn't have the capabilities of making these big bosses because uh, none of them are. They're all really tiny. So, is it a boss fight? Yeah, it is a boss fight because it's not unlike the rest of the game. Uh, but it's not like the big bad enemy. It's just uh, a small enemy that keeps appearing over and over again, again yeah. on the screen. World 2, we're in Grimlantis which is a, a nice play on the Lost City of Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Underwater and temple stages. I mean, what would you expect with a world named Crimlantis? <laughs> yep. Um, pretty nothing to talk about here. Underwater, so you get to listen to the, the sweet, sweet underwater music Yep. that's in the game. Yep, there's two, um, two variations of the underwater stages. Uh, yep. One is just like the the one you know from the Super Nintendo game with all the like kale and and uh, what's it called uh, coral around the level that you have to swim through. The other one mm, takes place in like the sunken ruins of Kremlantis where you have to go through a temple like area. But they're basically the same, just uh, in a little different setting. And the temple stages are completely original to this. Uh, to this game, yep. of course. Yep. And then the boss for this one is... Well, the level is called Seabed Showdown. Yep, where you're <laughs> basically fighting a clam. <laughs> that's that's literally what it is. <laughs> oh, man. Seabed Showdown. What a good name for a, for a stage. They always have fun stage names, yeah. So, yeah, definitely if you want to see them, just look up the manual, which we have avail available on gbmanuals.com. We do. So uh, you can look them up there. We're not going to... Well, they're not that many, maybe at the end. But, <laughs> yeah, they're always fun. And then World 3, we have Monkey Mountain and Champan Chimpanzee Clouds. I didn't know that's how you spell chimpanzee. Monkey Mountain and Chimpanzee Clouds. This, in my opinion, is the worst world of the game. Um, this this world consists of caves, which if you play DKC1, you know what caves are. Mountains, 
which again, if you play DKC1, you know what mountains are. And the unique stages, the cloud stages, and the cave and mountain stages are pretty whatever, right? The cloud stages are horrendous, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cloud stages are basically exactly what they sound like. Uh, you're in the air, and you have cloud platforms and a lot of moving platforms where you have to dodge like the flying pigs and the bees and stuff like that. And if you fall, you're pretty much guaranteed to die. So, mm-hmm. uh, and mind you, jumping onto platforms in this game can—it's a fifty-fifty whether or not if you if you hit a corner of the platform. Let me rephrase: if you hit a corner of the platform, it's a fifty-fifty whether or not you're going to die or live. Because you can like clip yourself into a corner, and depending on how what the game wants to behave, depending on like the inputs you put in, it'll either just shoot you into the hole or it'll let you climb out. So <laughs> have fun. <laughs> yeah, these are like the most unique stages in this game. They're also like they are short, Awful. except for the fact that you are on an auto-scroller basically for half yeah. the time, which makes them a lot longer than they uh, than they actually are. Um, the concept of these stages is really cool and unique, but the execution of them isn't that great. But they did need, like, some kind of replacement for, like, the minecart levels uh, from, from the Super Nintendo game, which I absolutely hate. The, these minecart levels in the very first Donkey Kong Country game... I hate them with a passion. Um, and there was also the one with a moving platform where you had to grab the barrel to refuel it yeah, and things like that. Yeah. So it, it's basically like a translation of those stages for a Game Boy platform. Um, so it's, it's not as speedy and that makes these stages feel a little bit off compared to the rest of the game. Um, Besides that, like, I myself don't have a problem with these stages. Um, it's just the waiting that, that tires me down, but the rest of the, the stages is fine. By me, at least. They're just so slow and boring. Yeah. And then uh, the boss level of the stage is called Mad Mole Hole. <laughs> Mad Mole Holes. <laughs> yeah, and you can definitely kind of imagine what this boss is would be like it's a mole popping up from the ground and you have to hit him that's that's literally what it is that is literally all it is yep <laughs> and then moving on to stage four which is, in my opinion is actually a pretty interesting world even though i have thoughts about this game it's called big ape city and this is a completely unique world a completely unique level layout as well too uh, Big Ape City is basically you're set off in a, well, you're in a city full of skyscrapers. Uh, so your your levels are going to consist of buildings and construction sites, but also a zeppelin because as you make your way through the city and climb your way up the up the buildings, you get to go onto a zeppelin, which, in my opinion, like these stages here were a little are some of the tougher graphically ones to differentiate things from because there's so much happening in the background and the foreground. We'll talk about that in a bit. But in terms of uniqueness and actually fun, like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have expected a Donkey Kong game to put me 
back into the city after playing Donkey Kong, uh, the original Donkey Kong arcade game on Game Boy. Was it Donkey Kong 95 or whatever it is, 92, whatever you want. 94. Whatever, 90. <laughs> yeah, I don't play it. I don't know. I, I beat it. No, don't, don't want to touch it again. Um, <laughs> so, like, you know, this, uh, in that, that game takes you through a city as well, you know, and all that. And, and with, like, I think it was Universal. Or they are they the ones that did King Kong? Yes. Yeah. So with so Universal already tried to sue Nintendo because of Donkey Kong already because of the similarity to King Kong. So it was interesting to have a city world with Donkey Kong on the Game Boy after having that lawsuit and whatnot with Universal Pictures. So. Yeah, they lost it, so Nintendo could do whatever they want, basically. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just interesting that that all panned out like that. Yeah. Yeah, this, one of uh, the Zeppelin stages but, also has a very unique mechanic to, to it, which I'm not going to spoil, but it's something you wouldn't expect when it starts. And I think it's a really cool concept that they use there. Uh, but you'll have to see it for yourself. They only use it once in this entire game, and it's really cool. Yeah. And then the boss is K. Rule's Kingdom, or, well, K. Rule. Mm-hmm. And I will warn you now, turn your volume down on this, because for some reason, K. Rule's stomping is so loud compared to everything else. I don't know if you remember K. Rule's stomping at all. I, but K. Rule stomping overtook even the music in the background. I just played like, this game and I don't so, remember that even. So, really? Yeah. Oh my god, it's so loud. Yeah, maybe I wasn't paying attention enough or something. But yeah, for me it sounded fine. I don't know. But it's it's the K. Rule fight. Um yeah, a little bit easier, of course, than the yeah. than the Super Nintendo counterpart, but it's it's similar for sure. And then, uh, whoops. Yeah, that's that's basically yeah. the game. Um, so, if you just play the stages you have to play, it's like uh, what seven times four? I can do math, right? Uh, Twenty-eight stages. Um, otherwise 30 stages if you do all of them and four boss fights so it's a pretty compact game Um, but I don't think like I think Donkey Kong Country also only has like 32 stages or something Uh, it's pretty short so so it's not that that many and then these stages are all relatively uh, only half the size of of the SNES counterparts to be honest Um, so you could get through it um quite fast uh, for sure uh, maybe not the first time you're playing this game but subsequent playthroughs no. for sure um but yeah that, that's a <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> that about wraps up like the general overview of this game but there are a few things like uh we have to discuss when it comes to this game um like <laughs> our opinions on this game very different are very different uh for sure, um, but these are just general things that look. Th- those issues are there, so <laughs> I I can't ignore them either. Uh, but 
the way this game was made is basically by using the same engine as they did for the Super Nintendo game, which if you don't know how they made it, there's a lot of uh, like videos on YouTube about it. But basically they made this in um, a 3D graphics game and then they converted it into like... 2d sprites that that's like the gist of it like i can't explain it that well but that's the gist of it so they did the same thing for the game boy game uh but of course they had to like shrink down the graphics even more because like otherwise the the game boy wouldn't be able to handle them um the the thing is though like the sprites are kind of the same size if you would compare the screens but it also means that the camera for this game is like way too zoomed in, um, which makes it a little bit harder than it should be because you just can't see things that are in front of you. Um, like enemies could suddenly be in front of you. Uh, jumps are not very clear to do. Um, you can't see the enemies beneath you, which is a big issue in at the start of the game. Um, so yeah, that, that, that already makes this game at least at the start, more difficult to play. It might be offsetting to some people. Um, like, it's also a bit rough to look at if you would be playing this on an actual Game Boy screen. Um, they did tone down the backgrounds for this game, uh, making like elements stand out a little bit more from the foreground. But if you know the Donkey Kong, Kong Country, like, style, it's, like, very detailed, but that doesn't, like, come over that well on a Game Boy screen, like an actual Game Boy screen. Um, luckily, this is a Super Game Boy Enhanced game. Um, I'm playing it on a Super Game Boy. It makes it way better. Like, I just played it on, uh, on Super Game Boy on a CRT TV. Um, and, yeah... It, Everything is clear there, at least. But on an actual Game Boy screen, hmm. <laughs> I remember it being pretty rough to play it, for sure. Yeah, well, it, a fun fact about Donkey Kong Country is that it was actually being developed for the N64 engine. Because I think, because even though it came out early in the SNES era, right? Like, N N Nintendo wasn't dumb. They already had their plans for, like, the next 20 years. So they were actually, like, planning to do some, like, N64 building with Donkey Kong Country. So that kind of, like, comes with, like, how, like, all this, like, post-graphic processing kind of came to be. Because they're just like, hey, you know what? Like, this would be a good Super Nintendo game. Let's do it. And sure enough, like, Donkey Kong Country is hailed as... One of my, in my opinion, one of the best mm -hmm. games on on Super Nintendo. Um, but when it comes to the the to the the Game Boy screen and converting it over to the Game Boy, I do applaud them for trying to keep, you know, the graphics that we saw on the Super Nintendo to to the Game Boy. But there is a reason that they stamped it with Super Game Boy Enhanced, though. <laughs> um, mm. They very much wanted you to play this on the Super Game Boy one or two, whatever one that you had. Um, because, like what Mo said, like playing it on an actual Game Boy screen is brutal because everything blends in so much because it's just green on green on slightly darker green. It's really hard to play on a Game Boy screen. Another issue with it is that 
like what like what Mo said as well, like the sprites are slightly too big. And as you progress through the stage, since the green is since the screen is so small and the sprites are a tad bit too big, you have almost a zero reaction time when an enemy enters the screen because it'll show up right in front of your face. And even if you do have the reaction time, the hitboxes in this game are all over the place. One one enemy, you can just jump on their head, kill them, no problem. The next enemy, you jump on their head, and you you could have been like a pixel off, and you just you you lose your your Kong. Um, and we talked about like the the roll or the cartwheel, whichever Kong that you're playing as. In the Super Nintendo version, when you press the roll or the cartwheel. If you tapped it, you know, they did a short roll or a short cartwheel. But if you held it, you know, they prolonged it. You know, if the, the animation was prolonged. In this game, there really isn't a prolonged cartwheel or roll. Like, you kind of have to tap it quite a bit to keep it going. And even if you run, if you fall out of rhythm of tapping, you don't cartwheel at all. And then you just die. Um, <laughs> so... Um, Another issue of this game is when you lose your Kong. So when you lose your Kong, you have to not only wait for that Kong to leave the screen, you also have to wait for the other Kong to come into the screen. And it's not just a simple, like, oof, and then you get to play as the dunk, as the Kong, like a two-second time waste on the Super Nintendo. It's a whole animation of, here comes the Kong, they come in, they hit the solid ground, and they spin for a bit, and then they have iframes for a while, and then you can take control of the of the Kong and start running forward. Um, so there's a little bit of that happening, and there is some vertical screen scrolling issues um, when you get hit by when you get hit by an enemy in midair. Um, it's it's just it's kind of just a mess, honestly, when you get hit in the game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll try and explain the vertical screen scrolling in this case. Like, this game does not have a lot of vertical based stages. Like, for example, in in Donkey Kong Country Two, where there's a lot of these gangplank levels where you just go up the masts and things like that. There is one of them in these, and there's also the building ones, but they are like spread out. Like you go all the way right, then all the way left, then all the way right. So it, so it's not really that much of an issue. Uh, but a few of the normal gangplank stages do have different like levels of the, the ship basically, um, where you like climb on some ropes, but there's stuff beneath you. Uh, there's platforms beneath you because you need to go there. But the problem is that the Game Boy can't keep, at least in this game, I think it's the same in Donkey Kong Land 2, actually. Like, the camera doesn't pan as fast as your character falls in this game, um, which usually isn't a problem because you will still land on a platform. The problem is when you get hit. Uh, When you get hit, the screen freezes. The camera basically freezes. Your Kong drops down, and where he should drop down to the platform and then switch Kongs the Game Boy cannot handle that. So basically the bottom of the screen is the pit in that case. Um, so your Kong will get hit, he falls into the pit, and you basically lost both of your hits in one go. Um, which is super annoying 
by the way, because you're like, oh, I have this extra hit. Nope, you're you're just dead. So nope. um, the thing is, this is a big issue in the first world, but it doesn't really yeah. come into play in the later stages. Uh, what I've right. noticed, because I I, ju I literally just played the game, um, and I kept dying in one of the galleon stages or gangplank stages because of that issue <laughs> but i never saw it happen again after world one basically yeah it's more of an issue with two in my opinion but uh yeah like yeah the 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 fall the fall speed is faster than the than the screen pan speed and it, it causes issues yeah so yeah th those are the issues that this game has um we're not gonna talk about our opinions on this game just yet um we'll we'll, we'll oh, do that a little bit later uh but i hope this gives you a nice idea of, of what the game is and the few things that are bothersome with it um but again just like uh the super nintendo game this is a really good platformer for for game boy basically uh but yeah, I like I don't like the first one on Super Nintendo actually. So I mean, it yeah, it's this is more subjective stuff that we're gonna get into. Uh, but this game is definitely praised uh, back in the day and, and still to this day. But it does have a few issues uh, with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we won't get into our history, our thoughts of it yet, but. Uh... Uh, going into the cover art, though. Cover art's pretty familiar. Um, very reminiscent of Donkey Kong Country 1's cover. Mm. Um, something of note with this one, though, is that it includes the flying pigs. And it has the mole on it as well. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's that same 3D art style that they used for... Uh the super nintendo games uh yeah i mean it's i don't have my dkc1 box by me but if you've ever seen ever if you even recall the donkey kong country one box art uh i will say that the game boy one the game boy box art is a bit more on the cartoonier side because of the shading and mm -hmm. the coloring uh, the Donkey Kong Country 1 stess box is a bit more realistic, has a lot more sh uh, shadowing to it, this and that, whatever. Um, and it has Donkey running off the screen with Diddy behind him on, on Rambi with the beast and everything around him. But in the Game Boy version, it also has Donkey running off the screen in a very similar fashion without holding bananas. Uh, and Diddy just casually hanging out behind him, not on Rambi at all. So it actually doesn't show any of the animal friends mm -hmm. at all in this. Uh, but it still definitely shows, like, the Kongs kind of being swarmed a bit by flying enemies like it was in the in the Stas box art. Um, and even in the back, you get to see one of the brute uh, Kremlins in the background as well, too. Uh, same with the Game Boy version. You got the brute Kremlin in the background staring them down. It's almost like a slightly different perspective of the box art. Because like on the Donkey Kong Country SNES box art, you're a bit more of a side pan. But on the Game Boy one, you're almost you're more of a head-on pan. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get to see it in like a different perspective. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it does include some of the the things that are unique to this uh, 
to this land game. Like the flying pigs are yeah. a unique enemy to this game. You also see the mole boss actually on the on the bottom right of the uh, cover, and you can actually see the zeppelin in the top right corner yeah. behind the Donkey Kong Land uh, logo. Uh, so a little foreshadowing on uh, on a stage, uh, but I, I do think like the end boss of no, that's two. Jesus, I'm mixing them up. Yeah, that's it's country two where you go into a zeppelin. So yeah, they, they really got their some of the ideas for country two out of this game for sure. Yeah. And I like how the box very much tells you banana yellow game pack is included. <laughs> yeah. And if you're thinking to yourself, like, oh, who cares? It's a yellow game. I had Pokemon Yellow. This came out before Pokemon yep. Yellow. <laughs> this was, I believe, the first colored Game Boy cartridge for at least a Western release. Yep. I think. Yeah, so. it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know for sure about Japanese releases because honestly, Japanese carts have a lot of color to them. It just depends on the year range. Like I have three Tamagotchi Game Boy games from Japan, yeah. and all three of them are different color. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> yeah, this was unique for Western audiences for sure. Um. Oh, so we got some trivia here. <clears throat> you got something about Ram Rambunctious? <laughs> yeah, I, I when I wrote this trivia down, I there's there's always puns in these games, and I didn't get this one uh, at first, but now I finally got it uh, <laughs> because that's a word you don't like use very much or hear very much. Rambunctious, like who the hell says that? Rambunctious. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, there was actually going to be another animal buddy in this game called ram bunctious um but uh there's not much known about it like there was concept art in uh in one of the nintendo power magazines or something like that but that's literally the only information about it you can find a picture of it that's that's literally yeah. it. i actually have a bunch of donkey kong trivia I just didn't put in the notes. Well, yeah, like gen- I, I, general I, I one, I guess. Yeah. 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 Like, for instance, like, like we've already mentioned Universal Pictures tried to sue Nintendo mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. Donkey Kong's likeness to King Kong. Donkey Kong Country was supposed to be a boxing game. If you didn't know nope. that. Um, that's why Donkey Kong in later, later games actually has boxing elements to it. Um... Let's see here. <laughs> I guess, I yeah, guess like I that's why he's in Punch-Out for Wii as the f- secret yeah. boss. Uh... Yeah. Donkey Kong Country, like I said, was initially intended for the N64 or the Ultra 64, as it was dubbed originally. Um, let's see here. Donkey Kong Jr. was initially supposed to be in Donkey Kong Country, but uh, Donkey Kong Jr. was supposed to be Diddy Kong, but then Rare made Diddy Kong look cool, <laughs> and they had to change his name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. What else we got here? Donkey Kong Country's success led to the creation of Yoshi's Island. Yeah. Um, let's see here. And according to Rare... Aquatic ambience was a pain in the ass to create. <laughs> so all of the so that favorite song we all love from Donkey Kong Country was a pain in the ass to make. <laughs> so yeah, better enjoy it. 
which we all do because it's an amazing song. So, yeah. And there was a CGI Donkey Kong Country cartoon in America. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was something. Japan loved it. Of course they did. (laughs) But uh, it did not do well. And it did not do well in the West. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> That's all the trivia I have. It's just overarching, just Donkey Kong yeah, trivia yeah. as a whole. Nothing pertaining to the game <laughs> itself. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't find any reception to this game in particular. I found a lot for Donkey Kong Country. No, I, but... I, I had some of this, but like I briefly mentioned earlier, this was very beloved when it came out, and still to this day, like most scores are. Uh, in the 90 to 100 uh, rate. Oh, that's so too bad. So, yeah. That's way too high. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, when we come back from our short break here, uh, we'll tell you <laughs> our thoughts about this game. And uh, they're, they're going to be different. <laughs> so stay, stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. So, uh, thoughts and history of the game. I'll start with you, Mo. Yeah. Let, let's start with the positive <laughs> first. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just like us, uh, our audience will be divided on this game as well, for sure. But uh, let, me, let me just share my history and thoughts about it. Um, I don't exactly remember if this was the first Donkey Kong country slash land game i played or if it was uh uh country 2 on super nintendo uh, i do know that i borrowed this from a friend and I, I pretty much beat it in one long sitting back then uh yeah I, I must have gone through a pack of uh, batteries for sure just to get through this game um and yeah i, I absolutely fell in love with this game um and yeah again i don't know if i played country 2 first because i love that game as well so so it might have something to do with that or the other way around um i'm also sure i did not find all the bonus barrels back then because like i mean i wasn't really paying attention that there was a completion bonus or anything for this game uh but they are super easy to find like i mentioned earlier like having replayed it uh, a few days ago like i'm surprised actually that uh that I didn't find that many when I was a kid, but uh, yeah, uh, just shows how you how we play games nowadays compared to back then, I guess. Plus, it was a borrowed game, so I had to give it back pretty quickly. Anyways, um, I know that a lot of people who play this game nowadays, at least, feel like the controls are like broken, delayed, or unresponsive. Uh, but I don't feel that way at all with this game. Um, I 
never had any issues with with inputs getting written or uh, eaten not written uh yeah inputs <laughs> getting getting eaten or like not being able to jump on a platform or, or yada 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 uh big problem of course the hitboxes those that is a real problem in this game like there, there were a few times that i jumped on an enemy that it was perfectly fine uh, for hitting them other times where i got hit even though i clearly landed on top of them and other times where i was like oh no i'm getting hit and somehow i destroyed the enemy um so <laughs> there, there's definitely something off with that so i i can definitely understand that and also at like the start of the game like i mentioned in world one uh, a few of the issues that this game has make it hard to get through some stages like they're I remember from like playing it a few days back that there are a few jumps in the snow stages that feel like you can't make them um, and I died a lot on them um, and also the the problem with like dying in midair and, and just losing both of my Kongs in, in one hit um, but yeah they were a problem in the first world but the moment I got into Kremlantis and onwards that issue never showed up again um, and the other issue is like, yeah, the, the screen is too zoomed in. Um, most of my deaths came from the fact that, oh, there's an enemy there. I had no idea because I couldn't see it. Uh, but yeah, once you know, of course, it doesn't matter anymore because then you know how to, uh, how to um, get past that for sure. Um, but yeah, I do think that a lot of people who will pick this game up now and play that first world... Are gonna get very frustrated because of those issues uh, because it, it feels very unfair um, but I think those people should also try and get through the first world and get to the later stages uh, not only because they're more unique than the, the other games uh, but they're also a lot easier the flow feels better except for those cloud stages that are just boring but the graphics there are at least uh, very unique uh, to this game um so yeah i played this again in preparation for this episode um i checked my document for when i played it for portable pleasure a few years back and then it almost took me three and a half hours to beat it 100 percent though um, i did do 100 percent for for that playthrough uh, but now i beat it in around an hour and a half maximum uh without trying to complete it and i got an 80 percent completion rate uh, just by playing it uh, as i would normally play the game so yeah for me this is a really really great game um, i loved it as a kid i still love it to this day but yes the second one and the third one uh, just like for me at least on the super nintendo versions are definitely the better games um, but yeah these were the first ones they didn't maybe know how to use the technology to the best of, of what it could uh, produce uh, so I can easily see past the flaws that this game has and yeah I just absolutely enjoy playing this game I would love to pick it back up right now again oh yeah those are those are my thoughts about uh, Donkey Kong Land for Game Boy mm-hmm mm-hmm Let's see here. Doing a little quick re- Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, 
I I I don't like the game. Just coming out of the box and saying that I I don't like the game at all. Um, I I would give the game a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Um, except like this isn't their first rodeo. Like this isn't Rare's first rodeo at a Game Boy game. Uh, they've done plenty of other other games on the Game Boy. Uh, like Wizards of Warriors, Fortress of Fear, uh, Spider Man, Battletoads. Uh, uh, both battle, you know, both Battletoad games, three battle, however many Battletoad games are on the Game Boy. They, those games suck too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so like, I, I, I would maybe give them the benefit of the doubt of like, hey, like they're put, like they, like they pushed the Super Nintendo, they're pushing the Game Boy, but I feel like they pushed the Game Boy in the wrong direction. Um, I, I feel like. I feel like graphically, I thought what they were doing graphically was interesting and actually something that could have been cool on the Game Boy. The problem with it is, is that it blends and makes everything so murky. Like, there is no depth to the game at all, which is where Donkey Kong Country really strived, was that there was depth to the game. Like, there was that parallax element in the background, like, there was depth to the game. Like, there was a foreground and a background to it. Um, the issue with the Game Boy is that you have an 8-bit system that can only do so many colors, and now you're trying to add a foreground and a parallax background element at the same time with limited color palette. It doesn't make it. It doesn't. It doesn't help the experience at all. In fact, in my opinion, it it hindered the experience quite a bit because as you go through the stage. And there's a snake on the ground, and if the and the snake's not facing you, and its tail is away from you, you can't see the tail on the background some of the time, so you don't know there's an enemy there. Then you end up walking onto the snake, and you'd be like, "Oh, I I got killed," because you couldn't see it compared to the background. Um, this happened a, a decent amount in turn, not just stepping on the snake, but just like the understanding foreground versus background in like the jungle stages and in the um, uh, skyscraper stages and not so much in the underwater stages. I would say honestly, the underwater stages and the cloud stages were probably the two most flushed out stages as to know what can and can't be jumped on and the differentiation between the front and the back of the game as well too. Um, when it came when it came to hit boxes, it was. It was a 50-50 shot whether or not you were going to die or not. Because you could either jump on a Kremlin or a snake or a gopher. And 50% of the time you kill it. The other 50% of the time you would just fall over dead. Or sometimes you would approach like you would approach the side the right side of the screen to progress through the game. And the enemy would just snap in front of you. And there's no reaction time in the world to react to it so you'd either die or somehow the enemy would be inside of you but you wouldn't be dead mm. um other times too like when like we've mentioned the falling element like when you're falling you fall faster than the screen can pan so you either have to remember that there's an enemy below you and preemptively start jumping or you're just going to die depending on how how far the fall is you'll just die because this the screen can't scroll that fast anymore and the game just considers it a pit at that point um 
Jumping out of the edges is pretty iffy. Uh, Mo mentioned that some of the jumps in the snow levels are pretty tight, and they are very tight to the point where if you jump and hit a corner, you're stuck in the edge of the corner if you keep holding right. But if you stop moving, you fall into the pit and die. But if you keep holding right and jump, you somehow climb out of it. Like, at that point, it's just move, this, move the platform closer. Like, why why do we have to have something like that? This and that issue happens in Dark Hunt Country 1 even mm. as well, too. But, like, put a put a shooting barrel there or something. Like, do something fun. Um, Some of the things I found really weird as well, too, were, like, going into, like, the bonus stages, right? Like, when you open up, like, one of those magical floating ropes that go to the top of the screen... For some reason, that rope is the most standout thing on the screen. <laughs> it doesn't blend into anything at all. It is the most standout thing on the screen. And you just grab it and ride your way up. The other problem then is as the screen is loading into that bonus stage, there's typically a one-up balloon in there. But by the time the screen's loaded, the one-up balloon's already halfway off the screen. You can't reach it because you can't double-team with your Kongs to jump up and get it. So you either have to just have, like... The reflexes of a of a shark and try and get that balloon and like just preemptively hold right and jump as a screen loads, or just be like, well, see you later, balloon. Like, <laughs> catch you later next time. And this also happens throughout the stages as well too, because as you progress the stages, you know, one up balloons typically pop up. This happened in DKC one, and throughout the rest of the trilogy. But in the Game Boy one, since the screen is so small, as you progress through, those one-up balloons just magically start to waver away when you just see a sliver of that outside pixel of that balloon. You're just like, well, ain't getting that one-up balloon. Why put it in the game at that point? That doesn't seem worthwhile at all. Um, I did like the music in the game. The music was a little eh at times, but overall I thought the music was pretty well done. Obviously, we have someone like David Wise in the, in the mix. Like, you kind of expect it to be pretty top-notch. Um, however, I did find the sound effects to be a little cartoony and a little off-balance when it came to audio levels. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, like, Mo thought the, the stomping from K. Rule was fine. In my opinion, I thought the stomping from K. Rule just overtook everything in the game. Um, so that just might be a, a sleight of ear thing as well, too. Um, having to collect the Kong letters to save your game. Holy hell. <laughs> like, I get the Kong letters aren't terrible to get. Like, for the most part, they're pretty easy to get throughout a stage. But when you're, like, in the later stages and you're... You have you have like those stressful like platform moments where it's like you roll, but you're like, oh god, I almost hit an enemy, and you accidentally like start like knee jerking your controls around, and you're like, oh, and then like you somehow save yourself, but then you like accidentally press like the left button and fall off the platform and die. And then you're like, oh, I didn't click Kong for like the last like six stages, and you game over. Well, you get to play those six stages again. It's like just give me Candy's Cavern or Wrigley's campsite and just let me just save the game <laughs> like don't add like don't add the extra stress of me trying to figure out where i am in this level on top of collecting these these kong letters on top of trying to figure out where the enemies are that go, will just magically pop up in front of me i just it i hate I, and i also like when it comes to dkc2 i also don't like spending currency to save in dkc2 i think it's a stupid idea so, 
And I hate it in Resident Evil when you need the ink for the typewriter. I hate any type of currency to save in a video game, period. I think it's dumb. <laughs> um, other than that, though... Just play Donkey Kong Land 3. Like, it's the better of the three. It has two different endings. Like, just play DKL 3. It's it's just an overall better game. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I have almost nothing positive to say about this game. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the exact reason I wanted to do this in the first place because our opinions on this game are so different that it's uh, yeah, it's weird that like when we opened up the <clears throat> the channel in uh, like in our Discord uh, so that people could like ask questions and things like that. Like <laughs> it, it, immediately, it was like. I hate this game. I love this game. So it's, I, I knew this was going to happen because, like, yeah, people do have took, some opinions about this game. It's it's really... Weird. It took so much discipline to not let my anger and angst of the game leak out during <laughs> our talk about the gameplay section. <laughs> yeah. I will say it has some cool ideas. I will give the game. It has some cool ideas. And it definitely has a nice segue into DKC2 mm -hmm. because this is the game that falls between the two games, right? You have the gangplank stages and you have the Zeppelin. Like, there is a cool segue into it and there is some cool uniqueness to the game. Like, as much as I hate the cloud stages, those are pretty unique to a Donkey Kong game. Like, it's, it's kind of fun. Um, I just, I just don't like the game. <laughs> Well, it happens. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it was like when I played DKL two. I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is okay. It was better than one, mm -hmm. but it was okay. But when I played DKL three, I was like, yes. Like DKL three nailed it. But I also Donkey Kong Country three is my favorite of the trilogy. Mm -hmm. So. You know, and like two is my second favorite, one is my least favorite. So, and the Game Boy games happen to fall in that order as well, too. So, it could be just because, like, I liked, I like and played the country games before the Game Boy games. I just have a fondness of the country games. I can correlate them to the land games as well, too. So, it, it may be because of that. Maybe that's why I like Donkey Kong Land three more than two. I, I don't. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah. That but uh, yeah, yeah. I just don't remember which I played first. Like it, it's either Land one or or Country two. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah. For for the Game Boy games, yeah, I, I would say three is my favorite, and for the Super Nintendo ones, it's two. Uh, even though I love three as well, I, I think three is is. All, always forgotten for some reason, but it, it's really cool. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, probably because it came out after, like, basically Super Nintendo yeah, was done already. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, it's like Mega Man X3. Uh, Dreamland 3. Three. Yeah, so, like, all these games that came out in the last year of Super Nintendo, like, nobody cared anymore because the, the N64 was already out, which, in my opinion, still isn't 
awful system, but... Uh, Garbage console. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, a, a, a few of those games got lost, for sure, for no apparent reason. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's... that's... Garbage console. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Uh, that's about it, what we can say about this game. Like, make up your own yeah. opinion when you play it, if you haven't played it before, at least. Uh, but definitely check it out, because it is worth seeing this game. Uh, but don't play it on an actual Game Boy screen, for the love of God, because yeah. it, it's just not play. made for that at all. Play it on a Super Game Boy enhanced screen. And honestly, like, don't... Like, watch mine and Mo's playthrough, obviously, but don't watch, like, a playthrough of it and render your your analysis off of a playthrough, because watching a playthrough of the game, like, if you watch Mo play it, like, you're gonna be like, oh, that game doesn't look all too bad, and if you watch me play it, you're gonna be like, wow, this game sucks <laughs> real bad. Like, don't watch our, like, well, watch our playthroughs, but, like, don't, like, create your opinion based off of a, a, a let's play. Like, try it and play it for yourself. Um, even if you don't beat the game, just play the first world of all three games. Yeah, or or play at least beyond the first world, so you like you can. Oh yeah, if you want to see the cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. well, not that, be- just because like world one in this game is like ten times as hard as the rest of the game, at least in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, speed running section. The this game is s- s- kind of sort of popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I think three is the. I think DKL three is the more popular of the of the trilogy, but uh, DKL one definitely has some runners. Uh, some pretty old runs as well too. So we have any percent category, which is just blowing through the game as fast as you can. Uh, Silent Wolf is the world record holder for this at 29 minutes and 57 seconds one year ago. And then a 100% category, which is collecting everything. Uh, Golden Boko, 39 minutes, 27 seconds, four months ago. And this is what the oldest, one of the older leaderboards coming out with Walconut submitting the first runs eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's a it's a pretty old board. I don't know any of the speed tech to the game. I'll don't die. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's pretty good. Pretty good speed tech I can give you off. Uh, <laughs> 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 but I mean, I don't. I don't really watch speed runs that much anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> we're not a speed run podcast. Yeah. <laughs> go watch Sunday sequence break when they come back or something I don't know <laughs> um, so uh, yeah we're going to take another quick short break when we come back we have some community events coming up that is related to Game Boy uh, we'll take a look at the Discord to see if we have anything to yell at and of course our fantastic awesome outros so stay tuned
All right, welcome back, everybody. Community events related to the Game Boy. Well, I mean, we'll start. We'll start strong. We have the Tiny Ten Number Twelve. Uh, uh, what, what, what did how? What did you name it? A night at the movies. Yeah, yeah. Tiny Ten Number Twelve, a night at the movies. So a movie themed Tiny Tiny Ten, uh, November twentieth at one o'clock p.m. Eastern. On Retro Gaming Live TV. We have Power Up with Pride Winter Edition. Starting December 3rd through December 5th. The schedule for this is available. Game Goyles Episode 2 will happen November 19th through the 21st. Uh, submissions for this is closed. Awesome Games Done Quick or AGDQ 2022 is happening January 9th through January 16th. Game list will be available basically as this episode is released. So we get to find out if Shaq Fu Game Boy makes it into the big stage or not. Because that's all I submitted. <laughs> Place your bets on that. Or how many Game Boy games in total there will be at GDQ. Be like, it's going to be one. It'll be Dragon Slayer again at like 3 in the morning. And no Pokemon does <laughs> not count. We do not count Pokemon. No. Pokemon gets in at literally every GDQ. Let's see here. Discordian questions. There are none, do which is any? easy for us because we don't have to go over them. Uh, but yeah, like I said, there there Guess were I'm... some like thoughts about the game. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe I'll, I'll go over those. Like Ariel said, this game makes me sad. Uh, that's probably because I put it in a tiny ten, and nobody liked it because they only had to play the first world. Because <laughs> otherwise, it would have been at least back then too long. Uh, so yeah, Casino uh, here says he doesn't even like the country game. So. Uh, so yeah, if you don't like those games, you're you're not gonna like Donkey Kong Land either, of course. Uh, but he was hoping that the OST is good, and yes, it is. It is. It is. The OST is not yeah. bad. <clears throat> um, and that's pretty much it. Besides some Donkey Kong gifts, like <laughs> like always. <laughs> uh, I did, the last one I posted is actually from the uh, Game Boy the commercial, commercial, which is which is pretty yeah. hilarious, actually. Uh, you can look that up on YouTube if you want to. The uh, fact he's getting crushed by a giant Game Boy is pretty yeah. comical. And it probably has better uh. animation than the actual cartoon. So. <laughs> <laughs> it at least looks better. So true. It actually, it actually isn't choppy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. If, if you've never seen the Donkey Kong Country cartoon, um, it's basically one of those reboot the the cartoon reboot like early cgi yeah. uh cartoon but as reboot actually did it quite well for the time dkc did not at all <laughs> <laughs> but it is hilarious like uh yeah it's worth a watch for sure like one episode unlike like the zala cartoon which is infamous by now because it's so corny Oof. but it's only like 13 episodes so you can sit through it i, I mean i like it but uh but it is a rough one but th this this is super rough <laughs> so i don't even know what my favorite cartoon based off of video game is it might be sonic honestly the sonic cartoons actually were 
pretty good for, it might for be, this time. It might be Sonic. Yeah. Nowadays, we, of course, have, like, the Castlevania slash, um, quote-unquote, anime, uh, which is absolutely yeah. amazing. But, uh... It's so But, good. yeah, that doesn't count. We're, we're talking about, like, 80s, 90s cartoons, of course. Yeah. You know, the Sonic ones are actually pretty good. But... Yeah. The Mega Man ones are okay. Yeah. They, they are super corny as well, but very memeable. Uh... Yeah. Yes, and there is a Kirby cartoon which actually is really good. Uh, what's it called? About uh, right back at you. Back back uh, at you. Yeah, yeah, that one is also pretty good actually. Yeah, that one's uh, not bad. Oh, there are some pretty decent cartoons back in the day. Then you got the Mario one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you got those. <laughs> they are, and then you got. Uh, they are in the same boat as us. Oh, what the heck was that one cartoon that had like all of the Nintendo characters? Yeah, the Captain in it. M one. We we talked about that one before, yeah. which is awful. Yep, that's real bad. I watched the entire series one one weekend. Awful, mm-hmm. not good to watch at all. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, out outro. Got stretch for this one. So yeah, if you have any thoughts or suggestions about the podcast, we would love to hear it. Whether you want to leave a review, DM us, chat with us during streams, toss into Discord, whatever it is. We love to hear back from you. We're always looking to make the podcast better for all of our listeners and to make it as entertaining and enjoyable as possible. Um, we have a Patreon so if you wish to support the podcast, uh, we have a Patreon, and you can become a patron, and patrons have access to some behind-the-scenes stuff with the podcast, such as notes and bloopers and some other things. And recently, we've just added the uh, first look element to our new series, Haunt Hunters, for patrons as well, too. Yeah. Um, the early access um, yeah, I explained this during my light as well, but for people who may have not heard that one yet, like, um, we finally released our, our little side project that we're, we're just doing it for fun. Um, and oh, it yeah. will be publicly available on YouTube, on EBC's YouTube channel, actually, um, after a while, but we wanted to give something extra for, for all our patrons, so they get early access to the complete playlist of a game. Um, and I haven't even said what we're actually doing, which is which is dumb. Uh, but yeah, we, we're basically doing Let's Plays of horror games or horror-inspired games. Uh, so it's, it's just a gameplay with us being silly over it, I guess. That's, that's the best way to describe it. Um, and, and for me, it's a little um, learning project because i'm i'm like doing audio stuff and i'm i'm doing video editing um like i add some stupid <laughs> bits or or stuff like that uh, in between them so for me it's it's just a way to experiment with uh with video and audio editing so the first few might be a little bit rough until i get in a good stride with them um but yeah right now on our Patreon, at least, you have access to our Silent Hill Origins 
Uh, play, well, no. See when this. Well, no, they'll have. Yeah, they'll when have, this episode. They'll have Yamawari. Yeah, when this episode comes out, you'll have access to Yamawari, um, and publicly available at this moment are our first series, God's Basement, and the second one, Silent Hill Origins. Uh, but yeah, patrons will have yeah. like. It depends. I'm not. We're we're not putting like. Uh, like an actual schedule on it or something. It's just something we do when we no. have the time. And uh, the availability for early access is at least two weeks. Uh, so, yep. so yeah. If- yeah, just to give like just to give like some insight on it. Like Yamawari is like a five hour game, and it took Mo and I a month to beat it <laughs> well, because yeah, for recording. Yeah. We were bu- because we were busy. Yeah, for recording because like a we were just busy. Like we, this is probably the busiest month you and I have yeah, had. That's crazy. Like hands down, we had this is the busiest month that that we've we've had for various things. Um, so like it's just tough because like even with the podcast, like we have to like plan a little bit in advance because you know Mo being in Belgium and me being in America, like there's a seven hour time difference, so we have to plan accordingly for that and. Like, try and do a podcast recording, and then it's like, hey, do you want to do, like, a Let's Play recording tomorrow? Well, maybe, we'll see, type deal. Or, like, hey, we got to do this Let's, let's, you know, let's Play recording next weekend or stuff like that. So, we have to do a lot of planning out in advance as well, too. So, that's why we're not going to put, like, a strict schedule on Haunt Hunters at all. It's like what Mo said, it's more of a hobby thing than anything, and we just wanted to give an early early peek to those that are a uh, a patron to us as a as another way of thanking you for your support but uh yeah like what most said that the two publicly available uh let's plays for haunt hunters will be uh god's basement and uh silent hill origins so um so yeah back to patreon if uh, we get to was it 20, 20, of, 20 mm-hmm. a month, mm-hmm. twenty a month, Mo and I will start live streaming these episodes, which means I would have to shower in the morning, which uh, might not be a bad thing. So <laughs> <laughs> might want to do that. Um, if uh, subscribing Patreon just isn't your thing, because everything in the world is subscription based nowadays, we do have a PayPal. Uh, let one of the three of us know, myself, Mola, or Sprinting Legs, uh, know if you donated via PayPal, if you want to let us know, want to let us know, yep, that's good enough, um, because we can't tie PayPal and Discord and other stuff together, uh, we want to thank you, uh, for your support in, in whatever way that we can, so, uh, please let us know if you, unless you want to remain anonymous, then... Obviously, you don't have to tell us. Obviously, monetary support isn't the only way to support the podcast. Just listening to the podcast is support enough. Listening to the podcast helps the podcast grow, helps the numbers grow, and helps us get on to podcast lists. For example, in Apple Podcast, we have a five-star rating out of two reviews, which is actually quite awesome. And the reviews are actually pretty nice. They think that we know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, good on them. <laughs> um, you know, and then all the RSS stuff goes out to like, was a Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and where other your favorite podcast things are out there. We can't keep track of them all because that's how RSS feeds work. 
Um, so just listening to the podcast, giving us a five-star review, leaving a comment, doing whatever it is, just listening is more than helpful for supporting the podcast, and we thank you for listening. Uh, oh, merch. We don't have merch in our in our notes. It just says Patreon. You need to update our notes. <laughs> yeah, I can do that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we have a merch store. I'm probably going to butcher the URL again. Um, if you want to get a t-shirt and a coffee mug uh, with the This Is Game Boy logo front and center on it, you can visit uh, merch.thisisgameboy.com. Yeah. Nailed it. I knew the URL the whole time. <laughs> um, get a check out. Uh, I have two of the limited edition shirts that we ran uh, a few months ago, and uh, through Teespring, right? Is that who you're going yes. through? Yeah, uh, the shirts are nice. Uh, I mean, they're they're. I, I think both of my shirts are from our Hanes. So if you know the brand Hanes, they're the heavier, dutier side of the Hanes shirts. Uh, I've washed them three or four times. They haven't shrunk, and the screen print is still intact. So they're actually really nice shirts. They're pretty comfortable too. Yeah, I have a few of those as well. Uh... I have this oldest one because I, I started experimenting with it. So from my own merch store, I guess uh, I, got, I got like a stupid bird one. I'm pretty sure I washed this like eight times already, and I don't see any degradation of the the print, which is yeah, really good. Yeah, I have a bunch of Mo shirts as well too, like the Ninja Gaiden and the Turtles one. Yeah. So and the black is still black for me. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, for yeah. me too. So it's it's not like for a little bit well. more gray or whatever it is. Or washed out, I guess. Uh, washed out, yeah. It's still as black as it was the moment it arrived. So the quality is definitely uh, pretty good. Yep. The only, the only thing that may be a little bit of a hiccup is that they ship them basically when they have a bulk mm-hmm. order. So if you buy a shirt, it might take a little longer than normal just because they have to wait for... X number of shirts and then they print them out. And then if X number of shirts aren't sold in that time, they just do a print and send it out. So it, it might take a little longer than normal, but you'll, you'll get your shirt. Uh, or coffee or cup coffee or cup, yeah. <laughs> sandals or whatever it is we're going to get into <laughs> next. Uh, <laughs> and then where they can find us, you can find me. E Bloody Candy on Twitch and YouTube, along with our Haunt Hunter playthroughs on YouTube. Um, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I think that's it. Uh, you can find our wonderful, beautiful producer, Sprinty Legs, on Sprinty Legs on Twitch and Twitter, Legs on YouTube, and then her project website, www.sprintylegs.com. And where can I find you, Mo? You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram all uh, under slash Moolah, which is M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. Um, but again, like always, if uh, you're as lazy as I am sometimes, uh, definitely not this month because I've been working my ass off. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but other times you can just visit our website. This is Gameboy.com where you can uh, just click on some buttons that will get you to any social media or whatever platform you might want to um, add us on or follow us on uh, just to make things easier. 
True story. And there you can find links to the podcast. I believe the widget for our latest podcast is working. I don't know. It, it works sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. It's just a mm, weird, weird it's, API it's a, thing. It's a yeah, no, it's a caching problem on the website, oh. and I, I still haven't figured it out what it is, and even the the uh, host <laughs> doesn't know what's going on, so I don't know either. But, Solid. Yeah. Like, uh. <laughs> if you go to thisisgameboy.com, it doesn't work, but if you go to gbrunners slash, uh, well, gbrunners.com slash t-i-g-b, it does work. Which makes no sense at all. So doesn't make yeah, any whatever. sense at all. Yeah, it's the same page. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there you go. And obviously links to literally everything. Oh, did, merch store link hopefully will be up there. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's See? another thing. Uh, <laughs> See, I still have work. I've been meaning to do that for like three months now, and I still haven't. <laughs> This is because I keep forgetting, though. Not because I have so much work. <laughs> I like the right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. Maybe I'll finally get around to it before this episode comes out. I hope so. Uh, so, yeah, with that, thank you all for listening to this episode of Donkey Kong Land. The next time you hear from Mo and I together will be uh, us talking about the Fortify Zone series. So, Fortify Zone 1, and, or otherwise known as Ikari no Yasao, and we'll be talking about Fortify Zone 2, which only came out in Japan, called Ikari no Yasao 2. Until next time, ta-ta. Later, man. Yeah. <laughs> Putting some fireworks legs. Uh, and screaming children as well. Um, so, yeah, for uh, <laughs> for the next episode, um, this. Um...